0: Hey guys, it's Rich. Uh, this is Random. I don't usually add bits of audio before the Conan introduction, but during the recording of this pod, we found out that Kevin Green had died. Uh, I accidentally clicked on Twitter, saw that I was actually trying to get the cage match of all places, <laughs> clicked on Twitter, saw that Kevin Green had died, and you'll literally catch our reaction to kind of our shock, I guess, of hearing that Kevin Green had died, because he's been on these shows and he's been absolutely fucking great, man. It was so entertaining. And we just... I don't know, man. I went to this at the beginning to say that we're, we're gutted that he's gone and it was so much fun. But yeah, just to let you know that when we're talking about his promo during the show, we didn't know he was dead. And obviously you'll literally catch our reactions to it later on. I think I'll leave it there and uh, you gotta penetrate. Penetrate in the back, baby.
1: You got In the back, in the back, baby. Oh, I can see what you're talking. Wait just a minute. Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams.
2: Living the best life possible in a Tier 4 existence.
0: Yeah, for historical purposes, um, we live in the southeast of England, and Europe has just closed off its borders to us because there's a new strain of COVID, apparently, that's like... What is is it seventy percent more lethal or something?
2: I think it's called Whitfield shopping centres <laughs> being opened and fuckwits going shopping for Christmas, touching each other up as you queue for your fucking diamanti handbags.
0: Ah, oh, Thanet, it, it is quite a place.
2: I mean, you you practically live in Thanet. You technically Thanet. I am Thanet. Yeah, I am amongst. Mm. I am the reason we started in tier three. You, you're almost then- Canterbury though. Like you're far from like Margate. You know what I mean? <laughs> i'm i'm sandwiched between margate and birchington <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah we're living a, a tier four existence so i found out um only because someone sent a text message i'd been i'd taken my daughter to, to the park came back and just a group chat i'm part of from my nerdy accounting friends who i did my training with she said oh i wonder what tier what this tier four is going to be at 4 p.m and i was like what the fuck what's this Watched the news and then straight away thought, oh, no, my poor mother. Because, again, if you followed the pod and you've been listening for the last 12 months, you would have found that we had a little bit of a gap in January of 2020 because my mother carelessly decided to have a brain aneurysm, had required seven hours of brain surgery, fucking attention seeker. (laughs) Um, Yeah, sure. so, So she survived that. Went into isolation without actually being able to see out of one eye and being told she might need an operation. Just fixed her own eye every day by just being in isolation going, she's going to train my eye to work again. And Gen- did. Genuinely impressive. Yeah. It's insane. Then <laughs> then discovered she had lung cancer and had it cut out. And then was quite looking forward to coming over for my lovely Christmas lunch. She hadn't seen this. So I phoned her and went, really sorry you can't come for lunch. And I think she thought I was taking the piss <laughs> for the first half hour. Oh, God. And, and then I ha- my wife was out. Uh, being you know, a super spreader at Canterbury Christmas Market. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't listen. She doesn't care. She doesn't buy the merch. Um, Fair. And I, I then had to do a mad dash to basically eat to East Sussex to get her Christmas gifts. And I said, are you going to be going to see Nan on, on Christmas Day then? She was like, I don't want to fucking spend Christmas with her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can relate to this, but yeah, go on.
2: So I, I, I frantically drove <laughs> to east sussex thinking well, i've got to be back by midnight and basically like threw christmas gifts for a window and a ham that i'd bought in the day nice. which might which uh, highlighting how uh hoity toity i am in my life <laughs> that i bought it home and both me and my wife looked at it and went it's not big enough is it <laughs> <laughs> it's got to last like six months that's <laughs> like i've got This isn't the ham we're just going to eat. If I cook this on Christmas Eve, I'll eat it by the time I've carved it. Oh, no. Is it kind of like a fist-sized ham, or is it like, you know, thigh? Not anymore. Not in comparison to the giant gargantuan half-beast I went and purchased this morning at 6am. Love it, mate. Love it, love it, love it. But that, that is it now. I am outside of picking up my turkey on Christmas Eve from the butchers. I am not leaving my homestead oven that's dropped my daughter in nursery. As you know, I'm looking forward to a very isolated Christmas. But I guess your plans have also been thrown up in the air now.
0: Yeah, sure, man. So I mean, we're very fortunate because we live in a little bit of the countryside down here. Um, we've got like a local farm shop near us that are doing all our Christmas stuff, including all our veg and yes. all our meat and everything. So uh, we're gonna break the bank on that. God bless Wrestle Talk for employing me, so I can afford this shit. <laughs> because you're on this paid
2: annual c- leave you're on yeah, paid bro. leave for the first time in, since I've ever, known
0: you literally since I was 16 I've never had like a, a job that's lasted more than 6 months under proper employment so this is the first time I've ever had time where someone pays me money not to do work and I'm like, huh? <laughs> I had to clarify this a few times with Ollie over this year just be like, wait, you're going to pay me to be ill <laughs> like, how does this work? yeah what a lad what an absolute lad
2: wait you're going to pay into my pension yeah oh i have to pay more but you're still going to give me some yeah I've got, I've got one of those
0: things now i haven't had one of those my whole life
2: <laughs> i mean currently based on current share price and the value of the portfolios mm. you know they're all fucking worthless now but you know True. brexit means brexit does not it <laughs> this is just essentially just a sample view of what no deal is going to be like obviously, we're both based um, yeah, yeah. in the southeast, and I'm, I've got a, a lorry overflow park based near me in Manston. What, and... Do you mean
0: Kent? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's ridiculous, and down by Dover, you know, just let's shut the fort for 48 hours, that's actually called Brexit. Boris, Boris bit into the fucking bat, and he's the one who spread it. He's the one who was like, hmm, everyone's going to Whitfield. <sighs> let's like science science fiction movie let's just release this into the ventilators that'll get the no-deal brexit done
0: speaking of which so i picked a really bad time to start watching the walking dead (laughs) (laughs) i literally found myself on auto trader yesterday looking at like big four by fours with like places to sleep i'm like can i buy a shotgun in the uk still is that a thing
2: i made the mistake because i mentioned this to my wife earlier there was a, a game, a mobile game, I think it was called Plague Inc. And when the first so, run of coronavirus in Wuhan happened, I downloaded it thinking this could be quite a fun game. <laughs> and I basically started very insensitively granted that the fictional virus in this game started in China and then sort of grew the developed to try and eradicate the world. And as I was doing, I was like, crikey, if this happened, this could be really bad. And then It got to a part of the game where, like, a vaccine had been found. But then in the UK, in my game, a second string was discovered, eradicated the virus, and it took out the entire world. And I'm watching it going, have I accidentally programmed the future of the world on a stupid mobile
0: game? Does this mean that you're like, God?
2: I can tell you who is God. (laughs) Lex Luger. And we see a lot of him. At the start of this week's show. That
0: fucking transition, Jesus Christ. Okay, firstly, before we get stuck into this, go to Amazon.co.uk, buy a t-shirt, search World of Wrestling Podcast t-shirt. It will come to the top of the list. It's a beautiful CM Punk design, and a beautiful rip-off of the <laughs> classic CM Punk design. And I can exclusively unveil that there is a new t-shirt design in the works. Woohoo! I haven't shown you yet, so this is kind of new to you, even though I told you I was doing it. You will see the beginnings of the design.
2: On our Christmas special
0: episode. La, la
2: la 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 la. Yeah, which we're recording in a couple of days, which will be our Christmas day, I guess. That's a quick edit for you, but yeah, I mean we don't really edit the bonuses, no, do we? We I, just cut and paste and wait, hope for the best. <laughs> what, do you think I edit these pods? Like, fuck it. No. <laughs> There's big chunks that I'm just like,
0: probably should have cut that, but I'm like, fuck it. Listeners understand. Uh so we are doing WCW, a Monday night show, the forty-first episode of Night the 24th of June, 1996. Um, so for me, this episode was a massive improvement from the recent weeks of Nitro we've seen. Um, it's just got so much going on and the crowd are really rowdy. Maybe in the wrong way at times. Because this episode also kind of immensely confused me. Uh, I'd say 1996 has become an odd
2: timeline.
0: And that's strange to say considering we're in 2020.
2: There is a lot I mean, we're in Flair Country, we're in uh mm. we're in Charlotte, North Carolina, we're at the Independence Arena, and it seems very much like um there are no heels anymore. <laughs> there are no faces, it's just everyone just does what the fuck they want. But this is certainly in comparison to the last two nitros we've covered, this is back to Nitro I enjoy watching, Nitro where it's ludicrous to pod about and nitro where there are some wrestlers on here who i like i mean we'll get to in a little bit but just watching regal get so fucked off with public enemy <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing
0: yeah sure but just go back to what you're saying about like there being no heels and kind of no faces as well at times it's we're going full attitude here on this this show this is anti-heroes this is the crowd are there to have a fun fucking time they're not here to play along. They're here to be rowdy and insane like, all fucking night.
2: They are not playing the role of the 12th man, essentially. They are going to do what we want. This is, this is We'll cheer Flair and whoever the hell we want to. Absolutely, man. So as you
0: said, we're in the Independence Arena in Charlotte, North Carolina. We are 6K people, super no vacancy. This building is sold the fuck out.
2: Almost like they found the right territory to do this in. Exactly, man.
0: This is obviously broadcast live on TNT. You watched it on the network. I'm assuming you did as well. Yes, yes. Commentary is exactly the same as it was last week. We start with Larry Zabisco and Tony Schia- Schiavone. Chavoni. I still can't get it. He said it differently on this show. I swear he said it differently on this show. to how he said it before. <laughs> but fucking hell, who cares? And the second hour is Bobby the Brain and swaps out for Larry Zabisco. So, Tony Schiavone... Siobhan, Siobhani, oh. Tony welcomes us to the show. <laughs> you are looking live at a capacity crowd, facts, and world championship wrestling. Coming to you from the Queen City in the South, Charlotte, North Carolina, for two hours of live WCW Monday Nitro, only on TNT. Again, it's a super generic intro, he's not putting over the storylines or whatever,
2: but it, it's, it's good and he gets his words right this time at least there was certainly no fluff. There was a lot of pomp, but there was certainly no fluffing what he was going to say. And, yeah, it's already seeing how hyped and pumped the crowd are for this show. You could tell, just based on the fans in attendance, this was going to be good because they were going to make sure it was good. Yeah, absolutely.
0: If they're not going to bind the storylines, they're going to have a fun time. This is a riot the whole night. So, Tony Schiavone... <laughs> <laughs> How many times can I pronounce it differently? Uh, and Larry Zabisco tell us Bischoff is not here again tonight and the Bash at the Beach is only a few weeks away. Larry's monologue here is Caesar-esque. He is the best. I love Larry Zabisco.
2: Outstanding. Again, even if you've got the network, just go and watch it for this intro because it just sets the scene of what we're going to be covering for the last three episodes of this pod.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... It's it's literally like Caesar's last speech in Shakespeare's um, Caesar. Is it called Caesar? Caesar and Cleopatra, whatever. Um, it, it's it's that good. He's like he's about to cross the Rubicon. The way he's presenting it, and that's the point we're at with WCW and the NWO and the Outsiders and such. You know, it's we're on the precipice of something really big happening, and you can start to feel it throughout this show, which made me very happy because
2: I, I would honestly say the last five or six shows I've not really had that feeling. You could tell going up to Great American Bash they were doing filler for the Nitro before it and the post uh, Great American Bash Nitro which we covered on the last episode uh, checking out in our archives at worldofwrestlingpodcast.com it was the case that they just didn't have the talent to develop the story Yeah, and there was just, n- it. last week was an absolute nothing week other than oh these are the three and that's how they finished the show but Straight away, going in with Zabisco, building up, it's a case of it's an us and them mentality. We're not going to let these guys come here and take over our money, take our fame, our fortune. And it was, you know, it really pumped me up watching it. It was great. Yeah.
0: As they run through what's going to happen tonight and the things that they know about, the crowd immediately are just like, we want flair. We want flair. Like, the whole fucking arena is chanting this. Like, we're cutting to whole Nash, Bishop, and then, you know, Big Meng and the little Meng, and Meng's like, what? And the crowd are just like, we want flair. We want flair. You've got to remember that flair is meant to be a heel here. I
2: mean, we've had it over the last few... Episodes where we've had Arn and Benoit as the heel horsemen getting cheered, so it's about time we have a full four horsemen face <laughs> turn.
0: <laughs> so Shivoni and Larry send us to WCW's team for Bash at the Beach. So Gene backstage with Macho Lex and Nash. Nash, that's not the right name. Uh, Lex, sorry. So Macho Lex and Sting, all in matching Sting paint. Uh, this unity, and clean
2: stuff. yeah.
0: Uh, Lex and Sting have got their ugliest fuck tag straps Macho starts to talk and then just kind of wanders off and
2: he's like where are you going bud we're not done has Luger been defeated for the other shitty TV belt um because he no, didn't I have it with him so. did he hang on let me I've, I've got notes I've still got title holders so I've, I've, let me just check this no Luger is just the television champion he just forgot to bring the fucking belt he does quite. Reg- how we forgot which promotion he fucking works for today <laughs> He does quite regularly
0: just not bring his belts with him wherever he goes. Like He's been to the ring a few times without doing any of his belts. He could be Lexi 2 belts. Mm. We'll get to that thing you mentioned in a second. So a clip of Sting slapping Hall while Sting is still cutting the promo from like five weeks ago. Uh, Sting tells us Macho is frothing at the mouth and so's the package and so is he. <laughs> and then Lex talks. <coughs> <laughs> I'm gonna clip this in, okay? But I'll, I'll say it first. We're unified as a team. So far, so good. WWWCW. <laughs> Fucking hell, lex Sting immediately corpses. Uh, Lex continues, stands tall. So when he's saying WWWCW,
2: <laughs> he's just trying to like pitch the website or something. He <laughs> he Basically, knew what the future was going to be. It was a case of ah, oh, like the ECW, we're going to have WWWCW, <laughs> like WWE CW. He's nailed it. He's got the gimmick. Everyone went. What should we call our version of ECW? Remember back when Luger <laughs> called our promotion WWWCW? <laughs> I mean, fuck me! This was this was pure gold, Luger from the first promo. Gene earning his first of 73 appearances on the show. <laughs> it was just a fucking <laughs> cluster. It was great. I-, I couldn't stop laughing. I was pissing myself,
0: man. Uh, let's just do the whole thing. So his promo goes We're unified as a team. WWWCW <laughs> stands tall. Sting is pissing himself laughing the whole time. They stand strong. They say it's where the big boys play. These are going to find out what a war's all about because we're all a paint. (laughs) We're unified as a unit. (laughs) Because we are the very best. (laughs) Isn't that right, Stinger? Sting somehow manages to pull himself together to carry on with his promo. But fucking hell,
2: man. Lex is
0: so funny.
2: I don't even think that Sting was expecting me to be thrown back at him. I, I believe Luger thought, I am dying here. <laughs> and he, and essentially they tried to do it like Rumble 92 with the tell him perfect. And Luger was like, tell him Sting. And Sting was like, y- fuck. <laughs> he literally does a look down, a look back away from the hard cam and goes,
0: okay. And just starts talking again. Sting is the ultimate professional here. He does such a great job. Even Mean Gene is kind of like occasionally like looking downwards and kind of like almost corpsing. Oh, it's so funny.
2: Well, if you we wanted p- promo class, as I stumble on my words and clearly fail a promo class. Yeah, that's fine. It's a podcast. Who cares? Who else could possibly add to this fine array of technical podcast uh, and promo <laughs> mastery? That's right. It's a jacked up Mikel Arteta with Rick Steiner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> so here comes Scotty. The steiners stroll into shot from out of nowhere. They must have literally been standing right next to them, but they're
2: like, "Oh, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa!"
2: As the Steiners step into shot. I and also they, applaud. Well, that's it. They stepped into the shot. They've clearly never worked TV or theatre before, with their back to the hard cam, blocking the view of half the talent. It gets even worse with when the next appearance comes in. But bloody hell, Steiners! turn and face lads yep i mean then the harlem heat walk directly from where the camera is so directly in
0: front of lex and Sing. so they must have been watching them cut this promo the whole time probably trying to corpse lex you know what i mean <laughs> they're definitely fucking with him you'd imagine but uh there's lots of shouting as all these three tag teams shout stuff at each other uh rick steiner got a big laugh out of me here because he starts facing off and kind of doing like
2: a comedy, like, I'm gonna get you sort of fighting stance. It's really funny. Yeah. Put up your duke, smirr, see?
0: Oh, oh, it's just this Lex. Oh, I love Lex so much. In that, he makes me laugh, because he's shit. Anyway, we jump to our first match of the evening. <laughs> the public enemy, not the good ones, of Johnny Grunge and Rocco Rock versus the blue blood combination of Lord Steven Regal and squire dave taylor accompanied by earl robert eaton and jives
2: oh you forgot to mention that public enemy were accompanied by a really long chain
0: (laughs) yeah so firstly the public enemy don't get their wcw music they get like wwe network bollocks got pyro though they did but then they cut to a picture in picture where i don't know whether this is like you know TNT's production just fucked it up live on the day or whether WWE have cut it. But there's about four... More like ten seconds where the audio is completely cut of them talking. But then they go, Bikinis! So I wonder whether they said something they weren't allowed to say on the WWE network, you know?
2: Yeah, because, you know, bikinis, bash at the beach. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I imagine there was some massive misogynistic kind of promo
2: here, but... <laughs> Ah, maybe we'll find it one day. Now, I didn't notice if they got this into the commentary of the match because I was too busy being disgusted by the fact that the public enemy have a fucking contract. Yeah. But apparently the reason they have a dog collar is because they're going to be having a double dog collar match um, at the bash with um, the Nasties.
0: The Nasties? Not with the Blue Bloods?
2: No, with the Nasties. Oh, okay.
0: I heard them mention it on commentary. I didn't hear them say the Nasty Boys.
2: Yep, they're going with the nasties. But they didn't mention a double dog collar match.
0: Because their last match was so good. I can't wait to see another one where (laughs) a guy from each tag team attached by the neck. That's not going to be confusing at all, is it? Or safe. Jesus Christ. Someone might die. It might be interesting, at least.
2: I mean, in fairness, Public Enemy did their best to be murdered by Dave Taylor and Regal through general rage and frustration in this match.
0: Yeah, I mean, Regal is the best. He, like, takes the piss out of them by doing their own dance, then doing his own kind of comedy dancing. He's fucking hilarious, and the Blue Blood's heel work is genuinely brilliant. The way, like, they both bail to the outside
2: and then hug each other and then relax the crowd, like, going, what do you, what is this, what men do? (laughs) You know? (laughs) It's a different time in 1996. Those men are hugging. What are they up to? (laughs) Gay. (laughs) <laughs> it really is, man. Uh, the crowd
0: chant USA a lot because, you know, Um, Brits. um There is a moment um, where Larry Zbysko sums up Regal's gimmick perfectly. Again, Zbysko is becoming more and more of a standout for me on this show. Zbysko talks about how Regal is so pompous that he has to embarrass his opponents. And if he could focus, he'd be unstoppable. It's like, oh, just perfectly summing up Regal's character in WCW.
2: Zabisco's been the MVP of this whole run of shows we've been covering. Yeah. Uh,
0: I would say Bischoff and of the NWO guys are right up there as well because every time they come on screen it's impactful and shit happens, you know. Sting too. Sting's been
2: excellent, man. But from consistency, like, yep. we've, we've, we've covered so many shows of Zabisco in it now in this run. it's case, if we've not gone, other than making fun of his Rimmer Salute, <laughs> which is still great. <laughs> it's, He's not, he's not put anything wrong, and he no. is getting those characters over. But, fuck me, this match, you know, Regal and Squire. Let's, let's talk Taylor, about the match, yeah. Because Oh, my God. Tried to, <laughs> I'd say probably gave Public Enemy the best match of their life, and it was still shit. It's, it's two elite-level
0: wrestlers with great characters working their gimmick, working the crowd,
2: and two stunt show fucking douchebags. The roll-up part, the fucked up roll-up just sums <laughs> this all up for me when Dave Taylor went to roll up Rocco Rock and Rocco Rock just like rolled just on his belly <laughs> rather than being <laughs> rolled onto his shoulders. And then Dave Taylor just kicked him in the head. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's a moment where Regal gets pissed off as well and just comes, literally jumps in the ring and is like, oh, fuck you, and just kicks air, one of them in the head as hard as he possibly can. And you're like, yeah, I think they've earned it by this point because they're just shit, man. They're so bad. They're, they're it, genuinely dangerous. They look like they hurt their opponents all the fucking time, man.
2: It's again when they started trying to do an Irish whip and then Dave Taylor ended up pushing rock-a-rock against the turnbuckle and just gave him a couple of uppercuts and was like, I will lead it. And then straight away you saw that Rocco Rock tried to do something on himself and Dave Taylor's like, nope. Yeah,
0: absolutely, man.
2: <laughs> it was just, you know, Regal and Taylor were, were as good as they could be with their dance partners and they tried to pull a match out of it. Yeah. But I don't think there's anyone who can get a good match out of Public Enemy. The only good
0: thing Public Enemy ever did was um, the dance that um, Men on a Mission stole. You know, the raise the roof type, like, yeah, hey, oh, type thing. And
2: one Punt. of them was going to be the third man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, sure. So uh, the blue pr- prat around the ring. Regal punts one of them in the head. Absolutely great. Um, Eton trips Grunge. This is the finish, by the way, guys. Grunge falls onto his own cast on his broken arm somehow. Starts. Selling it like he's a fucking tit. Like just flopping around the ring. Grabbing his head. Standing up. Flopping back down. Like what? What? Have you ever been hit in the head with something? Legitimately mate. Would you not know what happens? When that actually happens to you. But Dave Taylor poses in the ring. Grunge hits Dave Taylor with the cast. And uh, um, can he do that Jerry? For the one, two, three. You're like, well, what was the point in Grunge falling onto his own cast if he's then just going to hit Dave
2: Taylor with the cast for the victory? He's he's identifying that how much it hurts to hit the cast, so it's a believable finish. <laughs> I mean, this just was so, dog shit. So dumb, man. Like, And the face team doing it. Yeah, absolutely. The face team cheating to win. <laughs>
0: I mean, just... with how faces and heels are on this show, maybe that's logical, to be fair.
2: Well, very true, yeah.
0: <laughs> so the winners are the public enemy, not the good ones. Uh, blue buds did their best but these stunt show idiots are just the worst they can't fucking wrestle like they just they seem so obnoxious about everything they do as well
2: i bet they think they're like the top drawer as well like they're like mm. going for the payoffs as we keep seeing on bte going to that pay window <laughs> yeah well they kind I'm of were in no ecw money.
0: they were like the top drawer for a little bit in ecw so i think they thought of themselves as like you know Oh, we're sought after, you know. We gave poorly, ECW or whatever. And then they went to the WF, and the acolytes showed them what the truth was, you know.
2: <laughs> good old Ron and and, and Bradshaw, yeah, good lads. Yeah, sure. I hate
0: Bradshaw, but that one moment, like, oh, watched that the other day, actually, like, really recently, brutal man. There's a chair shot that JBR gives one of them on the outside. I think it's Rocco Rock. He literally slams it as hard as he possibly can directly into the top of his head. And rock rock goes down, and he does not get back up.
2: Welcome to the big leagues, boys. Yeah,
0: not for long. They left up. They left after two weeks, I think it was. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> should we move on? Let's move on, yeah. Okay. Harlem Heat promo as we cut to the adverts. Um, they're great. All the audio
2: on this show was kind of peaking. Did you find this? Production was not at its best. Considering how we wax lyrical on like pre like last week going it's really good how they've got the tnt guys it's much better than the pay-per-views to then come in this week it's almost like oh was it like the tnt christmas party so they got some (laughs) dimwits to come in and do the production for this nitro
0: i mean it's june but (laughs) you
2: know maybe so
0: as we come back from ads the dungeon of doom music is playing and i mean immediately like okay so it's one of two people it's either going to be giant having a match or it's going to be sullivan Sullivan,
2: my son!
0: (laughs) Kevin Sullivan, with known racist Jimmy Hart, makes his way to the ring. And in the ring already is Kip-A-B. And I'm like, oh no, Kip. Sorry, mate. Sorry you had to do this. Walk and or brawl. It's basically a crappy repeat of the Benoit match because they go up the ring steps. They
2: brawl around the back. Teasing the ladies' bathroom again as they (sighs) did. At the last paper, you go, oh, I wonder what's inside there. Let me give you a clue. Laboratories, sinks. Yep. There's nothing exciting in there. There's not a case of going, oh, what do we find here? Maybe it's going to be a sexy party. <laughs> no, Those it's women taking People boobs. vacating their bowels <laughs> and washing their hands. You know, hands, face, space.
0: Sure. I mean, well, you know, Sullivan might be into that sort of thing. So, who know.
2: Uh, ah, Su- time to get the rashi out. <laughs> I'm Kevin Sullivan.
0: <laughs> Sullivan throws Kip into the women's toilet doors, throws him into a Subway, Subway sandwich stand. Can he do that, Joey?
2: Everyone loves cheap, free advertising, <laughs> especially the security guard going behind there for Subway going, can't sell that Italian BMT now. He's sweating. <laughs> oh, <that.">
0: no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Might have to, like, you know, give it to someone else, Maybe. Subway known for their hygiene and food preparation. Absolutely.
0: Uh Sullivan just leaves Kip and grabs a snack from one of the stalls. <laughs> he doesn't really. Uh Deft. Sullivan heads back to the ring. Mean Gene is already in the ring with known racist Jimmy Hart. Hart cuts a promo on the horseman. But remember, Sullivan doesn't care about the horseman. From last week, yeah. Of course he doesn't care about the horseman. Sullivan? Then gets in the ring, cuts a promo on Benoit and the Horseman. But you don't care about the Horseman, Sullivan. You dumb fuck. <sighs> the crowd shit all over it. Chant, we want Flair. Thank you, crowd. I appreciate you. Sullivan mentions everyone here wants to see Flair versus Giant, but it's not going to happen, but it's not going to be pretty. And I'm like, well, which one is it, you douchebag? Either Giant is going to kill Flair, And it's not going to be pretty, right? Or the match isn't going to happen. Right? It's one or the other.
2: You can't say both. Don't try to be logical with your booking. He's covering all bases. (laughs) He's Uh, Russoing it. He's
0: literally the worst. I think definitively. Well, mm. (laughs) there's one other person on this show that might top him who's coming up next. But Sullivan is definitely a contender for shit ass of this series.
2: And fair play for Jimmy Hart for learning and watching tapes when he got on the mic. So if I have to hear Flair say, woman, oh woman, won't you marry me now and I'm going to Space Mountain one more time, I'm going to choke myself to death. Well, I really hope he does. <laughs> if only.
0: Uh Blood run colds. Each one of us is a warrior inside or something. Still no Glacier. Yeah. Apparently he's coming in
2: July. We're going to miss him, aren't we? It's a real shame.
0: I'm getting sadder and sadder every time one of these promos... Because I feel like we're not going to see it, you know?
2: Although I feel we've seen Peak Glacier by watching these promos, I think we'd just be disappointed with anything else. Facts,
0: yeah. I mean, I remember seeing it the first time, I just don't remember when it was. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I know it's coming, and I'm like, oh, it's not very good. <laughs> the entrance is good. And it does some cool kung fu shit in the ring because it's Glacier, you know. But um, the build is the best bit about Glacier, you know, and we're experiencing that at least, so that's quite fun.
2: Someone should have given me Steve Blackman versus Glacier in a martial arts lion oh. den on a pole match.
0: He's constantly doing spinning heel kicks and stuff missing from miles, you know. I'll throw X Pac in there as well.
2: All the wheel kicks. <laughs> next. <laughs> up... <wheelie> good. <laughs> Fuck off. And next <laughs> up is
0: the WCW World Cruiserweight Championship match. You know these are going to be good of Dean Malenko, our current champion, versus Oh, it's Bobby Walker. Fuck.
2: It's hard work to watch Bobby Walker.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> his gimmick is hard work, Bobby Walker. Listener, if you didn't know.
2: I'm uh, going to quickly at least when mute Darren myself Young... and blow my
0: nose, so talk to the people. Go for it.
2: I was going to say, at least when Darren Young did a hard working gimmick, it was like, no days off Darren Young. At least it worked for him. But, you know, Bobby Walker... He's got a hell of a lot of confidence in himself. He's an indie-level worker at the time where WCW are really kicking off. I think he's the only person and, that
0: does, but yeah, go on.
2: And uh, I'm pretty sure shortly after this, when he doesn't get over, he we've said this, I think, on a previous spot, didn't he go and sue WCW for discrimination because he Perhaps. didn't get over? Yeah, that's what you said last time. I haven't looked it up, to be honest. but <laughs> Maybe I'm just making up an elaborate lawsuit.
0: <laughs> it's okay. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> So, um, yeah, this is the same Bobby Walker lad that was botching a few weeks ago, right? Bobby botch. Good stuff. Commentary put over there will be a number one contender's tag match later on and some other stuff. They're putting basically over everything that isn't this match for about the first three or four minutes of it.
2: This is like the, um, the cool down match after that fantastic display from Kevin Sullivan.
0: Yep. <laughs> Commentary tell us Malenko will be defending the cruiserweight strap a bash at the beach, good stuff. You know, we've had Malenko. We've got a certain Mr. Eddie coming back later on this show. We've got, you know, all these great cruiserweights coming in. Who's he going to be defending the belt against? Disco fever! Disco fever! Disco in fucking Ferno. Why? Fucking why? Disco has done nothing but lose and not cared about losing so why does he get a title shot fuck this company
2: also not to be you know judgmental he doesn't look like he fits the cruiserweight weight bracket (laughs) (laughs) he does look a bit small yeah
0: is it just me or does he constantly look like his face is immensely swollen
2: that or melted
0: yeah like he doesn't look comfortable in the face region like from a I think man that
2: basically has a spitting image face.
0: Like he's, he, this is going to sound a bit weird because I broke my nose six times. I think I've mentioned this on the pod a few times. Hence why occasionally I sound a bit like I'm I'm bunged up, you know, because my sciences are just fucked basically. But sometimes I wake up in the morning and my face is immensely swollen. Disco Inferno looks like that. Twenty-four that's hours what a day. Nandy
2: does to you at night. No, you <laughs> just didn't put me to bed last night. Wallop, wallop <laughs> punches you in your sleep. <laughs> like,
0: I regularly wake up with black eyes and stuff just because my sciences swell sometimes. Like it's the weirdest <laughs> I thought you shit. Say
2: I regularly wake up with black eyes because Nandy hits me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um,
0: but yeah, Disco looks like that all the time. Like I don't. Maybe it's just uh That's just how his face looks. You know.
2: Yeah, mm. it's interesting-looking cat, but. As you said, from a storytelling standpoint, this is up there with the, well, we're not going to give uh, DDP the title shot, so it's going to go to the last man who el- eliminated before him, Luger. Wait, hang on, that was Barbar. Sharp. up. <laughs> so that <was> <laughs> <laughs> uh, We'll come back to that later, because a lot of these people make
0: a return on this show. Thank God we've missed them. Anyway, we're about three minutes in to Dima Lenko and Bobby Walker for the Cruiserweight belt, remember? Um, which is it's quite good. It's it's not great, but it's okay. Lots of solid holes from Malenko and Commentary are just constantly putting over other storylines and they're working through it. Massive power bomb by Malenko to quite big Bobby Walker here.
2: Really great. Again, not Cruiserweight wait,
0: Yep. Does does not seem like it. Cloverleaf locked in. But Malenko is distracted by something else. It's fucking Disco Inferno with a gold record.
2: Apparently he's it's bad career choices. <laughs>
0: Uh, so where the fuck is this gimmick from? Like I know they they do Saturday Night as well that we're not watching, because fuck that shit. But Disco comes out with a gold record, like a plaque basically. I know kids listen to this, like kids listen to our podcast. Come on, but <laughs> there are younger people listening to this. A CD is a thing that used to buy music on, and he's got <laughs> like you
2: know... oh that tick with me one that should. You wait till I like one day. If you aren't aware what CDs, is, go and Google what a mini disc was.
0: I had a mini disc player. Mini disc. I bought Californication on mini disc.
2: I think you and me might have been the only seven people in this country who owned a mini disc player. Could have been, man.
0: It was the funniest thing ever that like no one ever released albums on mini disc. You had to go buy the CD and the, and a mini disc to copy the CD onto the mini disc to use the mini disc. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid.
2: God, that, um, in fairness, you know, Disco Inferno has sold a million CDs or mini discs. So apparently, as you say, Disco Inferno
0: has sold a million records and CDs, whatever. And like so, Goldberg's
2: streak, it definitely wasn't inflated or fictional. I'm like, so this wasn't a gimmick last week, but it is this week. So in a week, he's made a CD, sold a million of them, and now has a plaque. What the fuck is this plot? Is this just like record sale envy from you when you are an iris? Shut up, you.
0: (laughs) Disco grabs the mic and tells production to play his music. They do so because they fucking hate me, apparently. (laughs) As the match is going on, Disco gets in the ring and starts dancing. I'm like, what the fuck is this cunt doing? Get him out of the ring, Rev. Disco up on the ropes. Malenko drop kicks Walker into Disco, knocking Disco to the floor. Thank you very fucking much, Dean Malenko. Bridging Northern Light suplex. God damn Dean Malenko's fucking awesome. The Shavoni calls a waistlock. lock. <laughs> <For> the <laughs> one, two, three.
2: <laughs> I'm like, this is great
0: a winner and still dean malenko he's just the best
2: (laughs) winner and still dean malenko he hasn't changed
0: okay and still (laughs) cruiserweight tag team whatever i don't give a fuck cruiserweight wcw bollocks you know yeah i mean considering what what
2: hit the interruption he had dean malenko is probably sitting there going fuck am i still dean malenko am i (laughs) deserving to be treated like this shit
0: to clarify i'm just saying and still because i can't be bothered to say the name of the title every two fucking seconds but it's fine i'll say it and still wcw cruiserweight champion i almost said tag team champion again fuck me uh dean malenko all right lex i'm not that bad uh, anyway so mean gene hops in the ring because you know it's wcw uh has a little chat with dean malenko disco kind of stands behind them and looks like he's gonna hit malenko with the record doesn't because he's disco inferno and he's a fucking waster (sighs) disco starts talking shit on the mic because his mouth may as well be a shithole with the amount of shit that comes out of his shitty mouth and (laughs) he fucks off you're like why why disco inferno i don't get it but
2: he's getting a reaction from us like we said last week. You know, because at least we do
0: he's... a podcast. If you want me to watch your TV show, the second that disco music hits, I'm like, nope, what's on Raw? Oh no,
2: Flash Funk. <laughs> Although at least Flash Funk was good.
0: Mm. And I know what you're saying, but I, I, Flash Funk's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, right? Most influential at least. He did fucking, fucking 360 yeah. flips off the ropes and stuff, you
2: know? Not the greatest of gimmick, because obviously Vince McMahon's like, oh, we'll do a music character with him. <laughs> Flash
0: Fun, yeah. good, hmm. good theme tune, though. Uh, I haven't got a problem with disco itself. It's this fucking cunt doing the wrestling that I don't like.
2: Uh, that's my favourite quote of the pod so far. I don't have a problem with disco, just this cunt. <laughs> 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 Maybe that's going to be uh, on the new merch. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows,
0: man. Uh, just to say, Glenn Gilbert, I think you are a douchebag. Just to throw it out there. Let's carry on. Unless you want to say something about this.
2: I'd rather move on and talk about the pitch, the, the sales of the VHS plus shipping and handling. Good stuff. If
0: we meet Conan one day, I hope he doesn't hear this. <laughs> so I like Conan and I think he's friends
2: with that idiot, yeah? I think he'd probably prefer us to take the piss out of that idiot. Cool. As we cut to
0: ads, Arn Anson is voicing over a little clip as they're showing Horseman and also... The Rock and Roll Express. I'm like, hello. Ooh, hello. <laughs> Nothing announced quite yet, but, you know, something's happening there with Horson and the Rock and Roll. Like, okay, maybe we might get that later. Bash video promo. At least they've dropped the, um. it's going to be more beachy tagline they were using. Yeah, but, but was
2: this, because obviously I think there were a couple of promos in the show, was this the one where... uh they, they had the boy thrown into the water, or is that the later one? No, that's
0: this one, yeah, with the two yeah. women that kind of do their two-piece talking where they're reading off a script, obviously. It's very bad.
2: I like to drink pina colada by the beach. Yes, I like it too. Let's pretend to, to be sexy and interesting, this mm. fucking nerd. Splash into the pool, he goes.
0: Wrestling. We get our first WCW Saturday Night promo. They're actually putting over the other show. Uh, The big news that's coming from this promo is that our boy Sharky, he's not a shark, he's a man, seems to have injured his eye. Poor Sharky.
2: He's got like a big head tape thing over his eye. He did get a roll of a sock of coins smashed into it last week by Bubba. I forgot about that completely. Holy shit. (laughs) That did happen, didn't it? Yeah. But I like the fact that they've already recorded the stuff on Saturday night because they could show the taping of Sharky Walk to the Ring with his eye banded. It's Monday. <laughs> <laughs> You're right.
0: Uh, wait, hang on. No, surely that's the Saturday just gone.
2: But it's telling us to watch, watch Saturday night at 6.05 Eastern on TBS and we're going to be seeing oh, Sharky in action. Hang
0: on. No, no. surely they're saying look, this is what happened last Saturday. You should definitely watch next Saturday to see what happens.
2: No, because they they're basically promoing Sting, Luger and Savage, going to be in a big six-man. Rey Mysterio is going to be in action. It's going to be Robbie Eaton versus The Shark. Takes on Shark, which goes to how bad it was, because he's not a shark. He's a man.
0: Fuck this company.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it's not one you want to miss. <laughs>
0: true. Absolutely true. So, next up. Holy shit, Tax. It's the rightful Lord of the Ring. Cue the music. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> splice it in here. I can't be fucking play it right now. Uh, the rightful Lord of the Ring, the Barbarian making his return, versus making his much anticipated return, Eddie Guerrero. Oh, buddy! When they, when I saw it was these two wrestling each other, I was like, yes, yes, please.
2: Styles make matchups, and this was good fun. Yeah. This is the first. good, I said it was fun. <laughs> this
0: is the <laughs> first time in the night that I start to get like a bit with the crowd. They're, they're just not playing along here.
2: Well, you know, Eddie, Eddie and Flair had a match a couple of weeks ago, so they've got to hate Eddie. Yeah,
0: I mean, we are in North Carolina, I guess. But, you know, Eddie comes out looking awesome in his red and white and sparkles moustache power mullet you know but the red and white the color of the 13 time premier league champion 17 fa cups fuck you tax <laughs> <laughs> yeah 13 league titles you've only won two you may be top of the league but you still ain't got at two prems so fuck you <laughs>
2: <laughs> and also completely shanked against leicester at the weekend so you know said about that the better <laughs>
0: oh i can't talk about football look at my fucking team right now jesus christ uh I'll tell you what, probably there's not many people that are going to listen to this and watch the Talk Christmas episode. Um, so part of the um, episode is we do a secret Santa, right? And Jen, who's our lovely like head of our moderators for our live streams, was my secret Santa. And she bought me an Arsenal flag. Because obviously she doesn't know much about me necessarily, but she knows my socials and she knows I scream about the Arsenal on it quite a lot. <laughs> And my response was to take and be like, well, that can go in the fucking bin. <laughs> <And> I felt <laughs> so bad about it. I messaged her like 10 times afterwards, be like, I'm so sorry. I really appreciate it. She's also an American, so she didn't get what I was talking about.
2: Oh, no. And I was like,
0: oh, no. Fuck. I'm just a dickhead, apparently. So there we go.
2: Not going to be invited back to the Secret Santa. This can be your last paid leave at Christmas. <laughs>
0: First time my face is on camera for Wrestle Talk, and I did that, and I was like, ah, maybe I shouldn't be on camera anymore.
2: This is not for me. <laughs> so, uh, hang on, this is more important than the crowd being shit. You're, you're making your facial debut on Wrestle Talk. Don't, don't, don't put it like that, Dax. <laughs> <laughs> I deliberately did it that way for fun.
0: I'm not hanging out with Brad Maddox.
2: <laughs> the Wrestle Talk bukake took place <laughs> over your Arsenal flag.
0: the way they're playing at the moment mate that's all they're worth so fucking hell uh yeah no my face is gonna be on on screen for a brief moment in our christmas video
2: did you partake and did you use your manscape shaver to (laughs) make yourself look suitably they don't sponsor this
0: podcast don't name check them they've got to pay for that privilege with our ten thousand views mate listens whatever
2: yeah what is our discount code for that manscape thing (laughs) eddie genuinely seems hyped (laughs) and
0: refreshed after his time in japan winning the super j cup let's go eddie Uh, eddie hops in the ring looks to the crowd and they're practically silent and you can visibly see eddie go oh yeah this is wcw isn't it
2: (laughs) this isn't japan
0: yeah it's 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 almost upsetting I,
2: I wonder, because again, because he, he hadn't been on since Flair, because that was his last match in this run, wasn't it? Then he's off doing the Super J Cup, which whilst you know it's Flair country, they know about Flair, they know about the Horsemen, they don't give a shit about anything outside of this area. Yep,
0: 100%. Uh, the match is Barbar's power versus Eddie's speed and agility, as you might expect. Uh, bar gives eddie a powerbomb for the ages and eddie's like fuck you and kicks out a one i'm like i love you eddie guerrero
2: um eddie seemed to really have like a beer in his bonnet at this show and i wonder if he said it is because of the fans he's Mm. like, i've just won the super j cup i've won one of the most prestigious tournaments in all of professional wrestling and you've got me here in front of a a set of fans who really just don't care
0: with one of the stiffest bastards in pro wrestling.
2: Yeah, that powerbomb, he didn't he didn't help Eddie Land gently, did he?
0: No. He picked him up over his shoulder and he slammed him as hard as he possibly could, shoulders first into the mat.
2: You know, kick out one. We'd be shitting all over Sullivan for that.
0: <laughs> but it's Eddie Guerrero so he can do whatever the fuck he wants, you know? He's the best. <laughs> so the match is a bit weird, as you say. It seems like Barbar is meant to be the heel and Eddie's meant to be the face but this is 1996 WCW and Barbar's doing kind of Goldberg-style power moves the whole fucking match. So Barbar's super over, getting cheered. Eddie is actually booed at times by this crowd. And I'm like, hey, hey, this is Eddie Guerrero we're talking about. But, you know, he wasn't the Eddie Guerrero we know at this current time. Like, we know he's good in the ring, but he's probably relatively new to a lot of these fans still. So he hasn't quite established himself, I guess, is the one bit of reasoning we can give to it.
2: It's it's a good thing though that Eddie Guerrero tried to win them over after we've seen, you know, a really good high flyer like Rey Mysterio Jr. debut to try and hit Barbar with what can I be described as a very dubious hurricane
0: Yeah. He has to adjust two or three times, try and get his leg over, roll through, and you can see that the 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 planned spot at least or what Eddie usually does at this point is go for the cover. So Barbar kicks out and he can roll to the next spot or whatever. And Eddie doesn't even go for the cover. He's like, "Not, nope, not good enough. Up we go. Let's keep going. And, um, you know, you see Eddie's professionalism, I guess. Yeah.
2: Yeah. If at first, you know, not trying to... Because it would have just looked shit. Had mm-hmm. he tried to pin him off that after a botch, at least, you know, carry on the match, carry on the story. Yep. It didn't miss anything by being there. But it just, it was very much... Yeah, there were parts of it that were very enjoyable. But this, you know, it always is with like power versus speed, but it just seemed that they didn't click at all. Nothing seemed to work for either guy,
0: which is probably surprising considering that these two guys are usually both very entertaining.
2: Yeah, but Barbar's still got beef that he should be having a title shot. Yeah,
0: Lord of the Ring, you know. So this finish tax—it's pretty scary looking.
2: Not safe at all. Good idea of what they're trying to do, but executed very dangerously.
0: So, Barbar and Eddie go up to the tippity top of the top rope.
2: Not, not noticing before they've already done a big overhead belly to belly, well, overhead belly to belly, Barbar launches Eddie out of the arena.
0: Yep. Barbar drags Eddie up for a superplex. And I do mean drags. He's literally wrenching his neck upwards. Eddie kind of like Falls forward onto Barbar who falls backwards for the one, two, three. But I, I can't really describe how much it looks like they're about to fall on their fucking necks at any moment as they're doing this.
2: The angle where Barbar goes down, instead of falling back and doing a flat back bump with Guerrero on top of him to, to cover him, it looks like Guerrero overegged it and they're just instead of going for a flat back bump, they're starting to go like 30 degrees more than they need to. So it's like they're being the end of a javelin going down towards that mat. You know, as much as you can tuck your chin, and Barbar did, it's like that did not look like a clean break when he landed.
0: And that's interesting, because you are a trained professional wrestler. You know this a lot better than I do. But watching it from kind of a fan's perspective, it looked like to me that Eddie wanted to do it almost like a cross body off the top. So he's going to like just take a step forward and then Barbar's just going to fall flat back on his on his flat onto his back, you know. But the way that where it happens is Barbar goes to do the suplex and then drops Eddie onto him almost. So I, I from a fan's perspective um from mine at least, it looked to me much more like it was Barbar's fault for not for, for making it almost too dangerous, you know?
2: Yeah, cuz where he got him up for the suplex, I said that he wanted to try and get it so I think Eddie had a bit of, you know, a small timing difference, so he could actually land flat on Barbar, so he could land safely. Sure. But I think what happened is either, because you see Guerrero's legs flip over a bit faster than they need to, so they're already off balance before they've even left that turnbuckle. So I think it's a bit, again, as you said, it's lucky it's two people who are very experienced of Barbar adjusting his body to keep hold of Guerrero, Guerrero adjusting forward and wrong. And again, I think it just comes back to what we said earlier when looking at this match. It just didn't click. A lot yep. of miscommunication, a lot of mistiming here, because you know Barbarian is so used to filling in for other people because someone ate some bad fish somewhere <laughs> when he was an honorary head shrinker. Sure, yeah. And Guerrero's been in Japan for a while, so you know maybe he's just speaking fluent Japanese that Barbar isn't aware of from his you know island background.
0: Who knows, man? It's 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 weird. I was really either like- way.
2: It was yeah. I was gonna say either way. It was just it it didn't look good. At all, the no. finish, and it just, nothing in this match clicked. It was, I said, fun power spots from Barbar. Guerrero didn't get his chance to shine in this.
0: And because it's WCW, Mean Gene hops in the ring to chat with Eddie. Uh, they show a clip from like four months ago, or three months ago, sorry, where Eddie was wrestling Conan for the US strap, and Eddie took a shot to the bollocks, so therefore lost to Conan. And <laughs> uh, not a deliberate shot, deliberate shot to the bollocks. Uh, and then Mean Gene asked Eddie about the outsiders, and you're just like, "What? B- b- why?" Just, to just skip, just jump ahead, shall we?
2: They needed to fill to get to hour number two. But poor Eddie, I don't know if he expected it to come because when Gene said to him, "And what do you think?" He was like, "Oh yeah, it's it's not great. We've got great unity here with the where, where, where the big boys playing. I would have put my name down that list." Yeah
1: he wasn't even here
2: yet, eddie. yeah
0: exactly <laughs> been in japan for like a month or two mate like uh, a month
2: yeah yeah it's about a month but the worst anyway. thing about the promo was they asked him about it as the let's go to the ad break music started playing so yeah guerrero's having to do his promo over it and then gene's like i've asked your question fuck that we're off to break
0: yep the whole thing's a mess like gene has to cut eddie off it's, oh, it's just not good <laughs> So we cut back from adverts uh, and the four horsemen are on their way to the ring. So Arne Anderson and Chris Benoit, two of the four horsemen. They are joined by, fuck that shit, here comes Mongo, Steve McMichael. Uh, He's here to penetrate. <laughs> penetrate, in the back, in the back, baby. Wait a minute.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've got that quote down now. It's lovely. I love it. And again, it's as we said last week, make sure you listen to the end of these pods because you always get the nice little things at the end. Mm, You've got to penetrate in the back, baby. The louder you scream, the harder the wrestlers will work.
0: And I kicked your leg out of your leg. So, the two horsemen are going to be... Two of the four horsemen, sorry. Got to get that gimmick in. Are going to be wrestling tonight. The Rock and Roll Express of Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. Who booked the Rock and Roll, the Uberface team, (laughs) to wrestle the over-as-fuck horsemen... In North Carolina.
2: Well, what a great way to kill any <laughs> mystique of the Rock and Roll Express. Fuck you, Robert Gibson.
0: <sighs> Fuck you. The Rock and Roll are some of the, one of, I think maybe the best tag team of all time. They're right up there. Um, like some of the matches I've watched over the last few months or so. Fucking hell, they're awesome, dude. But they can't work heel. <laughs> like, at all. They are. Baby faces, and they will always be baby faces.
2: I mean, they I, didn't have this problem a few weeks ago when we had it as Flair and on against Rock and Roll either. Because yeah. like I, I get the impression, arn's like just want to work Gibson and Morton. That's all I want to work. Yeah,
0: we're in North Carolina. Who's around Rock and Roll? Yeah, fucking ain't welcome because it's an easy night, easy money. Yeah. So the Rock and Roll come out, do their face stick, massive booze. Literally, the whole fucking arena is booing them hey fuck all that shit the dynamite stick is back for the countdown for hour two and I'm like hey
2: (laughs) at least again, at least Tony Schiavone got the the right number this time and we're going to be back (laughs) in 19 seconds pyro
0: (laughs) (laughs) the pyro kicks in for hour two scaring the shit out of Arn Anderson he jumps out of his fucking suit it's great I need to watch the countdown I swear to god they don't tell the guys that are going to be in the ring when it's going to happen so funny and that means that Larry Zbysko switches out for Bobby Heenan on commentary. Uh, again, Larry Zbysko is absolutely cracking for that first hour, but Bobby Heenan is again brilliant for this second hour. He's got some fun stuff to sell later.
2: The color commentators through this whole run have been brilliant. I can't say enough positive things about it on the on the nitros.
0: I would go as far as saying all the commentary on all these shows has been fucking brilliant. Even
2: Dusty. Yep.
0: It's been funny it's just at comedy. Times. Yeah. I prefer Schiavone and either Heenan or Zabisco, but Bischoff, really, really good as well, uh, on a par with um, Tony Schiavone, I would say.
2: And bringing in Mike today as well for the international stars is a yeah. really good touch as well, and it, and it adds a level of importance um, to it. So they all know their roles. Yeah, like um,
0: surprisingly so. I expected to hate the commentary on these shows. It's fucking great.
2: I've enjoyed studying it. There's lots of notes and things that I've taken in for future Pro Wrestling All-Stars and sort of Wrestling 4 shows.
0: (laughs) If only it lasted throughout more than a year,
2: eh? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What, my commentary run? No, (laughs) WCW's
0: good run of commentary
2: because it gets really shit soon. I mean, if you do put Scott Hudson and Mark Madden on the commentary, baby. I'm
0: looking at you, Mark Madden. (laughs) 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 The bell rings and we cut to adverts because fuck this company. Anyway, back from ads and the horsemen getting cheered for beating up Ricky Morton.
2: <laughs> and rightly so. Boo! <laughs> Everyone
0: stalls for about two minutes here because they're trying to calm the crowd down. Really smart wrestling here. Uh, these four lads are just really fucking good at wrestling. I don't know what else to say. They're so good. It was good. A, real,
2: a real treat in comparison. I mean, Eddie and Barbar are really good but just following on from this 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 is delightful
0: robert gibson is not my favorite wrestler in the world but when he gets that hot tag and he starts throwing people around from corner to corner of the ring and selling every little bit of it like it's the greatest thing he's ever done fucking hell man why can't people just watch these matches and go oh that's how you do it (laughs) it's so simple
2: again even the classics, like a double, the double noggin knocker. Yep.
0: It's stupid as fuck, but the way they do it, the way they completely commit, the way Arn and Benoit throw themselves into it and throw themselves out of the ring like it's the most deadly thing in the world. It's, uh, but without overkill, because then they're straight back up, aggressive, back in the ring, beating up the rock and roll. Rock and roll do their little pops, kind of both get a move over at the same time, both pop the crowd, and you're like, damn, dude. <laughs> Like they're they're not, they're not over because it's Horseman country. There is no doubt about that. But they still managed to get pops and work face like fucking hell, man. The rock and roll, just the absolute best. I love the pieces.
2: I even like the fact that they can still have that work now. And the fact that like when they're in NWA and they're on power, it was a case of we know they can't do what they used to do, but they elevate. <laughs> I think Ricky any Morton team. can. Well, yeah, Robert Gibson is there for a for friendship. Yeah. But the way how they can elevate these young tag teams or even more established teams, because the established teams like, I want to work the rock and roll. And they'll make them look good and they'll sell their moves and the fans will all play on with it. And in fairness, would you say it was Final Deletion where they bought the rock and roll back, which <laughs> has given them... The new lease of life, so people actually started booking them again on more mainstream shows.
0: I don't know. I didn't watch all the fan deletion stuff. I'm totally honest. All the TNA Matt Hardy stuff. I didn't really watch most of it. I watched some of it,
2: but um, maybe that's one for the future.
0: Okay, we can maybe do that run. We've got some TNA plans in the works, listeners, but we're not going to oh, unveil I... that yet. Cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, the moment I realized the rock and roll was still fucking awesome was when we saw that um. One of the WrestleMania show weekends where they wrestled LAX.
2: Oh yes. No,
0: actually, was that? It was some
2: suit that was, that was um that was the Crockett Cup.
0: Oh, I don't think it was. Think? You know, I think it was one of the random spot shows we watched. Um, Chicago-based company. Oh, um, AAW, something like that.
2: A A W where we hated the commentator. Yeah,
0: which I felt a bit bad about because <laughs> apparently it was only a one-time deal. But whatever. Um, yeah. Um. Rock and roll versus uh, LAX, like um, what are they called? Ortiz and
2: Santana. Thank Proud you. and powerful now. Yeah, exactly.
0: God damn, that fucking match was good. Whatever show it was on, that match was when I realized that, oh, fucking hell, rock and rolls can still go. When the the rock and roll were on AEW relatively recently, before the whole COVID shit really kind of came down our heads, like when they were kind of teasing rock and roll young bucks, I was like, oh my god and they had the old fdr involvement with like tully and everything i'm like this is going to lead to something so much fun but it never happened and i think covid shut it all down really
2: i mean I, I, you can imagine because of the age of the rock and roll but having ftr and the rock and roll would be so good
0: <sighs> think about how good that match would be because you know they know how to work and work safe as well so but um just to finish off this match here unlocks in a sleeper hold. crowd pop Horseman cheat on the outside, the crowd pop. Mongo smashes the halibut and over a Gibson. Crowd pops <laughs> for the one, two, three. And uh, the winners are the two of the four horsemen. Uh post match, Joe Gomez, what? Runs in. This is the guy that got beat up by Disco last week, remember?
2: Yeah, because he and also he got beat up by Disco, but Joe Gomez won the two horse, got beaten up when a uh, Flair was uh having sex with Mongo's wife in the dressing room. Fair point. Yeah.
0: We're finally following up that important storyline. Uh, Mongo, <laughs> Mongo slaps Gomez around after hitting him with the halibut. Here comes Macho and making his much-anticipated return, Kevin Green is with him. And I'm like, yay, awesome. Um, they they chase off the heel team at the Horsemen to kind of booze, which is a bit weird, but whatever. Uh, Kevin Green shouts, you want some of me, baby? He just can't help himself, can he? <laughs>
2: On one-man pun train. Oh, Kevin Green, man. I'm so gutted
0: what happens later, but we'll get to it. That match was a lot of fun, wasn't it?
2: Beautiful, beautiful match. As you said, anything with the rock and roll involved. And the Arn horseman, mine. Like, it's a shame with
0: the whole Benoit thing, we get it, but go on.
2: It's, watching Arn's a delight. Everything he does is completely fluid. I think it's... Again, highlighting how good Arn is, that I think R.J. Singh shared something on the old Twitter, uh, the other day, where it just shows the horse, the horseman cheating, Arn doing a beautiful DDT, rolling out of the ring, just, just everything he does is seamless.
0: Hundred percent. One of the most underrated guys of all time, and he's rated very highly.
2: If he was in, if he was like that level in WWE, everyone would be like, I don't understand why he's never had the big belt.
0: Yeah, sure, he's one of those guys, you know. I don't think he ever needed it, really.
2: It's the same thing as Piper. It's the same thing as Jake Roberts. Mm. They never needed the belt to be a star.
0: 100% Rick Rouge. Flair. Perfect. Sorry, not Flair. Perfect. A whole bunch of those names.
2: Yeah, Uh, Flair would be fucked without the belt.
0: (laughs) The reason I said Flair is next up, we've got Flair backstage with this harem of ladies again. Uh, The horseman eventually joined Flair backstage, but he's cutting this promo about how Oh, we're locked and secured backstage like Macho Man can't get to me. And considering they're in North Carolina, you'd think you'd put Flair out there. But I guess he's meant to be a heel. So it wouldn't really work. Is that the logic here?
2: I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they were trying to achieve.
0: Because, um, spoiler, Flair is not on this show. It doesn't come out later. Like he has a dark match, but we'll talk about that at the end, I guess.
2: And and also, did you notice at the end of this little promo, how he tried to sneak Conan into the interview as well?
0: Yeah, it's a bit weird. So just to run through it quickly, Mongo shows off his Super Bowl ring a little bit.
2: Flair briefly, and then he also shows the jewelry on his hand.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, penetrate! Su- You've got to penetrate
2: <laughs> Super Bowl ring. Hey, wait a minute
0: uh that's great uh flair briefly as you say mentions conan as gene is trying to cut to ads and i'm like so i'm assuming flair is going to wrestle conan at some point
2: he's the what? fifth horseman
0: like yeah fifth horseman third man who knows
2: did you get what this was about no because gene in true style following the tv cues so eddie tell me about this oh fuck uh we're out of time and uh, what's that you're getting conan in nope get out basically <laughs> Gene Oakland's a racist <laughs> I
0: wonder whether they cut a Flair Conan match that was meant to be on this show
2: maybe I'd be interested in seeing that Yeah, maybe so, we'll get it next week maybe so man we'll
0: see I'm trying not to look at what's ahead of us every week so we're surprised genuinely like we're watching it for the first time because a lot of these bits I've seen bits and bobs of previously but I've never watched these full shows you know.
2: no and I certainly haven't seen what we get next
0: DDP cuts a quick promo on Alex Wright. That's Wunderkin. I guess they're going to have a match later. We cut back from ads. Commentary put over the main event tonight is a triangle match for the WCW tag titles. Um, also, they put over the history of our sport could change at Bash at the Beach. And they are correct. Foreshadowing. As the crowd are relentlessly chanting, we want flair, we want flair. Keenan's selling that he's worried the outsiders might be around. And they're constantly referencing the third man. Who have they got? These two guys coming into our company. They keep talking about this third man. Who's this third man going to be? Like they're really going hard on this third man
2: gimmick. So there's going to be a third man. Mm, Apparently so. Is it Luger? (laughs) Is it Sting? I mean, Luger's on his way back to WWWCW. (laughs) Cue up the Lord of the Ring
0: music. Next up, it's party time, yeah. So it's Alex Wright, that's wunderkind versus
2: uh Lord of the Ring. I guess he is Lord of the Ring, Diamond Dallas Page. Um longest reigning Lord of the Ring champion we've had (laughs) (laughs) today. True, yeah.
0: Dally in the pink and silver tonight, looking lovely. Um, just shades in the cigar. So a bit downplayed, which we've seen a lot of with Dally recently. But still thrusting at the crowd, shouting "bang" a lot, you know, getting his gimmicks in. I don't to say it's all right, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's it's much better than the slamboree Diamond Dallas Page with twenty three gimmicks. Now we're down to about five. Yeah, scaled it back a little bit.
0: Um, you know, this is nineteen ninety six, WCW, North Carolina. They're cheering the Horsemen, booing all the good guys. Alex Wright does not stand a fucking chance, does he?
2: he's Eurotechno is not overly popular in North Carolina.
0: He's not even doing the dance.' just got the music.
2: It's yeah, poor Alex right.
0: and this crowd are really starting to not give a fuck about heel's faces like at all. It's just about who do they find cool, I guess. No one in this match <laughs> <laughs> well. <sighs> The one thing about Alex Wright is he's definitely not cool. You know what I mean? It's like Dally is a is an obnoxious heel here that comes out to a smells like teen spirit rip-off song, which we don't get to hear obviously ding 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 etc. Of course he's going to be more over than the clean-cut nerdy German lad doing hip attacks and pleading with the crowd to cheer for him, you know?
2: He's one he was one move away from stamping a foot and clapping his hands at the same time. Yeah. Good old Alex, right? In come on! As... <laughs> as every every the baby band. face intro. Let's go! <laughs> come on! That, I, I, I think I've said this before to, um, to Coach Wicked. I you know everyone uses these generic terms, so I've now started going, "Oh, hello."
0: See, <laughs> <laughs> it's that simple. That is pro wrestling, right there.
2: Or oh, I didn't see you there. <laughs>
0: yeah, anything to just make something different to make yourself stand out. You know what I mean? Don't come through a curtain wearing fucking Zumbas
2: and <laughs> going, come on! Or bl- black fairness tights.
0: So black tights. Fucking hell, lad. Stop wearing black tights, please.
2: In fairness, coming through a curtain going, oh, I didn't see you there because I was on that IPW show and the tw- audience was the camera crew. <laughs> <laughs> Did the ring work, though? <laughs> I don't know. I never got booked. I'm not a nonce. Fair point.
0: I've been to a couple of IPW shows. Not a nonce. Um... <laughs> The associations there. <laughs> I think there, I was thinking about this the other day. I think the ring has broken at least four times.
2: Too much non-spashing.
0: Mm. I once saw. I think it was Alex Shane and Martin Stone do a spot where the middle of the ring just kind of dissipated. Or oh, it could have been Dave Mastiff and someone. But yeah, the ring, middle of the ring, just completely went. I've seen obviously uh, the one we were at where they had Park coming back from Dragon Gate. Ring didn't fucking work. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, I know he's doing, he doing his bastard <sighs> gimmick there, but it's no reason. There's no reason why he didn't come out to try and sell merch at the end. I think he was just on the first train back to London to get back up to Newcastle to be like, "Yeah, what have I just wasted my time with?"
0: Can't believe we were in the same room as the Open the Dreamgate belt. I didn't get a
2: chance to have a photo taken with it. That genuinely, I know that- I know how excited you were to see that. But <sighs> seeing the belt was the highlight of that show.
0: Uh, honestly, yeah. Like Park is great, but I've seen Park wrestle a bunch now. Like privileged to be Brits, you know, You get to see Park occasionally, uh, especially growing up. Um, but yeah, just that Dragon Gate, the big—it's like the old. It's like seeing the big gold belt in real, but in actual real person—is that a thing? <laughs>
2: well, well, Interesting. Saying that as a as a quick sidebar, did you see that DDT have introduced ten man tag belt? <laughs>
0: Excellent. I hadn't seen that. No.
2: I have seen beautiful the colors. They're like multicolored on oh, the, the strap. <laughs> really? Colors are different colors for oh, the five it's... five members of the team. <laughs> we need
0: to do some more DDT, man. Um, I did see that the Iron Man belt from DDT is floating around the AEW roster at the moment.
2: Oh, uh, who's got it at the moment?
0: Uh, I know Britt Baker had it. And then the Young Bucks book won it, which I think means the Young Bucks are <laughs> technically the champion
2: at the moment. I don't know. I, lo- I love the fact that the book won it. <laughs> yeah, Britt Baker
0: fell asleep while reading the book, so the book pinned her. I love DDT so much.
2: I mean, in fairness to content that book mustn't, must make it (laughs) good
0: We grew up in Northern California. We are Christians. We did wrestling. We didn't shake Booker T's hand. We went to Japan.
2: Eyes on TV now. (laughs) Eyes balding. My brother has beard.
0: Tony can't give me money.
2: (laughs) We're executive. My wife involved in marketing. <laughs> Why are we cavemen now?
0: Our friend have job with camera. <laughs> he does he job. Has
2: contract. <laughs> he fuck off JR. He gets slung from ta- 14 man tag.
0: Our friend Kenny make money. <laughs> we have money too.
2: <laughs> I is bullet club.
1: <laughs> ah, this is a new gimmick. It'll
2: be so good. <laughs> Just come out and be we young buck, we wind belt now. Formerly we generation me, we no like TNA. <laughs> hey Tony, why TNA? TNA bad. <laughs> you you know Dixie? Dixie no here no more. <laughs> oh Bischoff! Oh no! <laughs> no Sunny Ono is not here, guys. Oh, oh, oh that's great. <laughs> this is the new gimmick. Every time we talk about the young bucks, okay. This is it. This is getting sold. This uh, is the best story the Young Bucks have ever told. <laughs> yeah. oh, 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 brutal. Diamond Cutter out of nowhere for the
0: one, two, three, and your winners Diamond Dallas Page. Uh no mission of Lord of the Rings at all. Uh it's WCW so Gene Hops in the ring to have a chat with DDP.
2: Did you get Keith Heenan's coat at the end of this or oh, the Diamond car? Go to your room. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: they explain that DDP and Hacksaw, hooray making his return. They're going to have a mash, match at the Bash. Why? What the fuck? No build. And it's going to be a taped fist match.
2: That's Duggan's speciality. Which <laughs> he, we... <laughs> the
0: crowd booed them out the fucking arena. It's so funny. And now it's like, oh yeah, we're going to have DDP, the Lord of the Ring, against Haxel Jim Duggan.
2: Remember him from Vince's company? In a taped Boo. fist match, a pay-per-view. The crowd like, fuck off. Some of the crowd went, Tape exchange Tape traders match You have young buck tape (laughs) I see them in PWG I original fan I see PWG guy Super
1: dragon (laughs) (laughs) Uh.
0: Do you notice that at the end of DDP's promo He forgot to say bang So as as Mean Gene's doing his thing DDP goes to leave the ring And comes back and goes
2: oh yeah shit Bang (laughs) <laughs> Fucking great. DDP, you do yoga now? You stretch? <laughs> it okay, okay. I stretch.
0: Macho promo as we cut to the ads. He tells us he is not the Nacho Man. I'm like, bruh, why even acknowledge it? You're the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Fuck those cunts.
2: Was a bit odd for him to do that. <sighs> he's completely. Yeah, he's not there, is he? He's not with it.
0: He's lost it, man. Whatever Macho had up until this point, he's just completely lost it. It's sad to see, dude.
2: And considering it's a bit who depressing
0: against, after the whole Young Bucks gimmick, isn't
2: it? <laughs> like, can we just go back to doing that? We can't because it, I we just go down the very bad one-way street and we carry on doing our, our new favourite gimmick. The thing is, with Savage... We do spot... <laughs> I see elbow drop. <laughs> I like elbow drop tassels. <laughs> <laughs> go on, go on, go on, go on. Magic, 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 magic. I just don't. I wonder if it's for him, his confidence was eroded by Vince being like, just want you to be back room. when you be backstage and help us out in commentary and be part of the booking team and mm. stuff like that? I wonder if since that day, Macho maybe started as a man who's been so confident, doubting himself.
0: Yeah, it's gone through the divorce. They're putting it on T V. Doesn't look comfortable in the ring. Looks like he's in pain every time he takes a spot.
2: But he does get to work with one of the very mm. best.
0: But before we get to that, blood runs cold, into the realm. Each of us is bonds of bollocks or something. Uh glacier's coming in July, maybe. Maybe August. Who knows?
2: <sighs> oh, Glacier. Oh
0: glacier. I just want to see the entrance, bro. I know we could go on YouTube and watch it, but it's become part of the gimmick now. So. Fox's Glacier Mint. <laughs> Glacier. Uh Back from ads, and yay, Kevin Green's here with Mean Gene on the entrance ramp. I got hyped to start with. Green cuts a tame promo on Mongo, and I'm like, what's happened? Where's all funniness? And then Green says... We're, we're the Carolina Panthers. We're going to kick some ass. And apparently you can't say that on TNT because Mean Gene's like, hang on, buddy. <laughs> Which is quite funny.
2: I like the fact as well that clearly what's happened after watching Bash at the Beach, like the Carolina Panthers come around going, you can't do this in the season, mate. Because yeah. he's gone, and when I'm away, I'll, I'll, I'll be training. So like, Give us more vignettes, Kev. Green finishes his
0: promo by going. He, he fucking pays this off so well, man. <clears throat> every time I sweat, every time I train, every two a day workout, mm, two at one time, every quarterback I drill, <laughs> every I'll be missing you. <laughs> it's Sting lyrics. <laughs> every running back I pummel. Ooh. <laughs> I'm gonna remember <laughs> fucking hell I'm gonna remember Mongo's cum-covered slimy face he doesn't say cum-covered <laughs> he says I'm gonna remember Mongo's slimy backstabbing face baby and
2: I'm like who's got a face baby? hang on Mongo's got a baby? <laughs> what's a face baby? Uh, uh, that, that's, 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 that, that's young buck promo we face baby we, tonight? we face baby <laughs> <laughs> oh, we shoot we, we back of shoe no that's a heel yes we face baby <laughs> we always face baby we do crutch job we still face
0: baby yeah money make t-shirt by bullet club <laughs> <laughs> lawsuit
2: cease to assist
0: <laughs> green continues after this season i'm gonna go on a mongo hunt and talks about getting two other people with the macho to take on the four horsemen and that's when it clicked this is the end of Green in WCW, isn't it?
2: Yep. This is until he comes back and has his feud with Paul White.
0: <sighs> sad Rich. Very sad Rich. I was starting to enjoy it. It's really good. He's really entertaining. His promos have got so many kind of gay, sex innuendos in them. They're an absolute pleasure to listen to every week. His in-ring work was Fucking great, man. The match with the Horseman and Mongo and everything was one of the most fun things we've watched in this whole series.
2: Compare him to LT with their in-ring oh, performance. It's not comparable, Dang. man. Yeah. I'm, I'm just Bless you, Kevin Green.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Kevin Green. This was a lot of fun, man. And I'm glad you're not going to be on the rest of these series because, uh, yeah, I was really looking forward to something else. At least the Mongo-Kevin Green match. I thought we might get that before they ended it. But no, obviously, the Carolina Panthers have jumped in and been like, no, you fucking don't. Invested a lot of money in you Are starting running back or whatever the fuck he is.
2: But at least they paid it off. At least you knew he wasn't coming back. At least they said, you know, he will be back. He will get his revenge. And he, di- he did the job. He did yeah. what he needs to do. He got Mongo relevant into the Horseman. He got the, main, the, the mainstream media's eyes on the WCW product showcasing with flair and flair and on he turned into the baddie he might have kept like another three thousand viewers on nitro and they paid off by not having him on the night after the (laughs) (laughs) pay-per-view
0: it's all down here from now for mongo without kevin green there to play off there's not much mongo to do anymore
2: really awkward tackles
0: Mm. which leads us in to our next match of VK Wall Street. Why the fuck hey. is IRS in non-uniform? <laughs> <coughs> Versus. Oh yeah. The Macho Man Randy Savage. In Stinger paint?
2: Well, Unity.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's because he's one of the three for are going to represent WCW at Bash at the Beach. But <sighs> it's like the crossover we never wanted. Macho Man and Sting in the same character. Like, no thank you. I'm fine with just macho as he is. He's the macho man.
2: Man named Randy. <laughs> 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 Steiners are great.
0: Uh, so uh, Savage is accompanied by Kevin Green and his ratsdale. tail. Um, I'm convinced that IRS has been hanging out with the boss man again. Bad influence on our boy.
2: Bloody non-uniform wankers.
0: <laughs> macho jumps IRS because macho is the face, obviously. Crowd chant: We want Flair. IRS shoves Flair, does a bit of Benny Hill to try and distract the crowd from chanting for Flair. Smart, because IRS is Flair's not there. (laughs) Savage. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Yeah, IRS shoves Flair and does a bit of Benny Hill to try and uh, stop the crowd from chanting for Flair. Tries and get them invested again. Uh, IRS is great. They do their best here, but there's no convincing this crowd to play along at all.
2: Um doesn't help that Wall Street doesn't have anything to do at the moment. He's just yeah. purely here for fodder for match. And the, the the smart crowd from Charlotte know that this is a nothing match. This is just a tune-up so savage and get a win under his belt before the main event.
0: Did you know the IRS used to work for Vince?
2: Wait, hang on. Wasn't he last in with um, Bill Clinton?
0: <laughs> yeah, WrestleMania 10, yeah. So IRS is down. Macho is raking the dude's eyes, and I'm like, um, because he's a can face. Can do that, Joey? Exactly. IRS rolls to the outside to avoid the macho elbow off the top. Green grabs IRS and throws him into the ring post. Ahem, can he do that, Joey? What is going on? Um, Green chucks IRS back in the ring. Macho elbow off the top for the one, two, three. The is the macho man. What?
2: Beautiful elbow, though.
0: I mean, it's Macho Man. Of course, it's a beautiful elbow. No matter how much fucking pain he's in, he's going to land the best Macho, uh, sorry, the best elbow in the business. Apart from Kyrie Sane, but don't tell anyone I said that.
2: She has the best elbow. Yeah, hands down. Absolutely. We all say it loud and proud. 100%. But I tell you what, it is amazing still with that beautiful Macho Man elbow where it still doesn't matter. They just want flair. Yep, absolutely.
0: Now, because that match was bollocks, I mean, I need to talk about it. I just got a really random text from my sister that is wrestling related. Oh, far away. I haven't actually read it all, so let's see what happens. But I saw the word wrestling, so let's go for it. Utterly random. Is there a Northwest wrestler you know who is a postman who chipped his teeth last year? We think he is maybe in a manager role. I heard he always delivers. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, was it Carl Malone? (laughs) This is one of those situations where, like, my sister knows that I like
2: wrestling. She's like, he'll know. <laughs> I'm like, and I don't know wrestling that well. <laughs> like, what? Well, on the plus point, because he's on the UK independent scene, there's only like 12 wrestlers left who aren't Roggins. So we should be able to find out who it is.
0: Yeah, I'm starting to wonder whether he's a postman. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, uh, before, we <laughs> before we have a second to even take all that fucking match that we just saw in. Sting and Luger are already cutting a promo before the ads. Stinger's in the paint still.
2: Fucking Luger isn't. What happened? Third man, third man, third man. What happened to the Unity, bro? He slammed it on the USS Intrepid.
0: <laughs> Wait, was his name Unity? <laughs> Uh, let's call him that uh, welcomes us back from the ads and tells us it's time for our featured matchup Uh, I didn't realise this was the main event but it is of our WCW World Tag Team title match of Lex Luger and Sting the current champions versus the Harlem Heat of Booker T and Stevie Ray oh my god how good do those two dudes look versus the Steiner brothers of Rick and Scott. This is six Hoss boys doing six Hoss wrestling
2: sets, something. I fucked up that line so badly. But the point got over, and it's <coughs> nice here in WCW that you've got three, I know obviously Sting and Luger are technically a team at the moment, so we'll them the benefit of the doubt that they're tagging together and they've been together for a while, You've got three actual tag teams. Yep. You've got three tag teams in the main event, not thrown together stuff. And this is what I like in like the mid-90s wrestling. I really, really like good tag team wrestling, which is why it's so good having Sting and Luger and Harlem Heat involved in this match. And yep. the Steiners are there just to ruck people up a bit.
0: Absolutely. And um, Sting's here as well. It's fucking great. Lex is also here. The only thing this this match is missing in WCW '96 is uh, a certain other tag team.
2: Now, what if I need, if I'm chilly, maybe sit in front of a fire. But then, what do I want in my drink to keep cool? Maybe some ice. Yeah. Only there was a team that was fire and ice. Did you get it?
0: (laughs) We almost went a whole. Conspicuous by their absence. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I doubt we'll see them again. If I'm honest, but who knows. So there's some interesting shit going on here. Harlem Heat walk into the ring, and Booker T is on his little flip phone thing. I'm like, ah, third man,
2: nice touch.
0: Who knows? Because maybe he's talking to the outsiders. Maybe he's got that phone call. But you know, this is WCW in '96. It takes them what five years before they push Booker T. Fuck this company. <laughs>
2: <clears throat> it is incredible, the, the the main event caliber talent you have in this match and Lex Luger.
0: <laughs> yeah, fucking A, man. Even Stevie Ray, man, that's a big boy. Fucking hell, he's a big boy.
2: And certainly made made his way after Harlem Heat as well. Yeah, he sure. did all right for, for someone who didn't... Stevie Ray was really good for a big lad in the ring, because, but he never had the charisma of Booker.
0: Yep, 100%. Every week I see Booker T on these WWE shows and I'm like, this dude. My God, I'm not the biggest Booker T fan in the world. In '96, bro, he's so good, so so good. Same with how Scotty. How do you think Scotty is over? Say, how do you think
2: here. if if Vince had had Booker at the beginning of the Attitude Era, how do, do you think he would have realized his potential? Tax. If he'd gone there's to uh,
0: there's uh, two types of wrestlers in this world. There's me oh. and there's you. You know, yeah. Remember that mm. promo, yeah. Mm. Who do you think that promo came from, eh? Do you think it's just straight out of the minor Triple H, or do you think that came from a little bit higher up, maybe? Straight out of the minor Triple H? Maybe. I mean, do you remember that DX video
2: that was like, you know, when... Oh, when they mocked the nation?
0: Uh, no, I'm talking about it was a DX home video type thing, where Shawn had left. Hang on,
2: Short Walkman and China, that home video. <laughs> I've watched that. There was no racism there.
0: Shit all Just over six. my memories here. Thank you, Tax. Appreciate you.
2: <laughs> Sorry, far away. Sorry. It's all right. Basically,
0: Triple H is a bit racist in '98, '99. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, So, Harlem Heat come out, got the whole flip phone gimmick thing. Steiners enter. It's got that red white the blue one, the Steiners. Oh, great. Da, 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 da. Um, And. You know, before Sting and Lex enter, they cut to adverts because fuck this company. Come back from ads. Sting and Lex enter. Man, call Sting. Steiners are great. The song just continues playing the whole time. (laughs) Sting with the Sergeant Pepper gear. Lovely touch. It's fucking great, isn't it? Lex has painted his face again. (laughs)
2: Like, what?
0: So he painted it, he washed it all off to paint it again, yeah?
2: Maybe he he was worried, maybe he felt embarrassed that his paint job wasn't great.
0: Mm. That's definitely what happened, it's definitely not a pre-date where Lex didn't paint his face initially, yeah.
2: And yeah, and you guarantee what would have happened is that Macho would have turned up with his face painted, <laughs> and Sting would have gone, hey, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing, that's my gimmick. And it's like, I'm not taking it off, and Sting was like, well I can't take mine off. Lex, oh, for fuck's sake.
0: I like to think of it more as J turned up with the face paint. And Sting was like, oh, yeah, that's exactly how it's meant to look. Like, to me and you, yeah.
2: Lex was like, but I want to play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, Lex. Here's this <sighs> fake one with a bit of a, like an elastic band around the back to start <laughs> around your head. No, I want real paint.
0: Every bloody week, Lex, you have to join in, don't you? You have to be here. We have to fucking put up with your bollocks. You know, I try to cut these promos and then they
2: cut to you and you're just like, w w w But I've got two belts and where are they, Lex? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I think in hotel room, yes. <laughs> Young Buck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Young Buck look after belts. Tag team, yes. We do tag team,
2: too. <sighs> they work for W-W-E-A-E-W. <laughs>
0: So this three-way tag match is is good enough to be fair. Big host tag teams doing big host tag team things. Hey, I got the line right. Um <laughs> this for, for most of the match, Rick Steiner is literally standing in the middle of the ring on the side of the hard cam. So we're just staring at Rick Steiner's back. <laughs> like
2: it works out. It's a good it's a uh, good back.
0: Yeah, sure. Then opposite the hard cam, in the top right-hand corner of the screen, coming down the steps, there's this commotion in the crowd. Commentary commentary starts shouting, Upper right, in the crowd, security, there, here they come! Hall and Nash, with baseball bats in hand, finally force their way through the crowd, down the arena steps and out to ringside. They're smacking the steps, the ring posts, And as all three teams turn to face the outsiders, now at ringside with these baseball bats looking genuinely intimidating, cops flood the ring. There's like 20 cops, an amazing sell job here. The cops are literally like got one hand on their pistols. They're like, fucking hell, they're really, really selling this. But in all this commotion, commentary start going, hey, there's been a tag title change. Did you see the tag title change happen?
2: Not till the replay.
0: Good stuff. It wasn't just me that was like, what? (laughs) I completely missed it. Like, I imagine everyone watching this show live missed it too. So, as all this is happening, as Hall and Nash are coming down to the ring, looking genuinely, like, terrifying and intimidating, Booker T rolls up Lex. Stevie Ray grabs Lex's legs. Lex, the referee, Booker T and Stevie are all fully in the ropes. Okay, the ref counts. I can't emphasize how much the ref is in the ropes at this point. Like Nick Patrick has his back underneath the ropes. Counts one, two, three. Can they fucking do that, Joey?
2: And Well, you know, Harlem Heat got worried because there were white police officers. And guns. <laughs> America.
0: And new WCW World Tag Team Champions, Harlem Heat.
2: Well, we need to get the belt off Stinger Stinger Luke because one of them is going to be the third man. I mean, yeah. Hall and Nash looked fucking cool, though. Yeah. Let's
0: talk about them in a second. There's a replay that shows the tag title change. What did you think to Lex's selling of this, where he gets rolled up, he stands up, completely ignores the Harlem Heat who run off with the belt, completely ignores the ref who just utterly fucked him, and just goes immediately to the outsiders to try and, like, you know, get his shit in, basically.
2: Well, you know, WCW's more important than the belt's. But I thought the most interesting part of this, other than Luger's lack of selling or, or care that he's lost him and his taking part in the belts, how you mentioned about the flip phone. Did you notice when they were showing in the aftermath that Stevie Ray and Booker walk past the outsiders and they give each other a glance? Yeah. So going back to when you said about the flip phone, there's, whether it was deliberate or not, seed planted. Mm-hmm.
0: There's all these sorts of little moments here that, you kind of pick up on, you're like, is it legit? Is this happening? Like, is, is, is a black man about to be shot by a racist cop in the WCW ring? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've got their guns out, mate. It's, it's genuinely sold so brilliantly that the outsiders are genuinely here to fuck people up. Coming through the crowd, no security. Mm-hmm. Like, smashing people out the way as they're trying to force their way
2: to the ring. Like, fans and stuff. It's great. Really fun. And the visual done properly. I, 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 I think some people might think that Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan really overplayed this. I don't think they did because no. it, they added to the chaos of the moment. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I was
0: genuinely like, hyped the whole way through it. I thought it was great. So well told. I loved the mayhem of it all.
2: really really nice like there's I, I just think
0: 30 35 40 people all in the ring at the same time it's got the cops got the tag team you've got like security you've got like wcw staff you've got a tag title change happening while guys at baseball bats are trying to smack the fuck out of everyone it's, it's brilliant
2: prime attitude era before attitude era meant something yeah absolutely man
0: so hall and nash slowly head towards the entrance ramp as the camera cuts away to shivoni and heenan selling the crap out of this final spot um like heenan's literally not sitting down he's got his back to camera watching the outsiders walk away to make sure they don't come over that way and try and fuck with them or whatever
2: Sh- I know it wasn't deliberate, but like when he tried to stand up and move away that he, forgot he had his headset on and it tried to pull him back, yeah. that was a nice touch. Even though it's probably completely coincidental, yeah. it's like he just completely forgot where he was.
0: Yeah. Well, what a great way to end the show, man, because that's it.
2: And, and as always, as we found with these, these NWO things, they save it till the end. And if you think what Hall and Nash have done since they've been here, Scott Hall promo. Up with Bischoff, like two minute promo. Hall and Nash, two minute promo. The slap with Sting, powerbomb Bischoff through the stage. And now we've got this. They've said little, they've been impactful, and they've started turning the ratings around by just being there doing these tiny little segments.
0: 100%. They didn't have to spend.
2: But man, I'm all in. Yep. I'm all in. Yep,
0: they didn't have to spend three years in NXT. They didn't have to come to the roster and work their way through Sheamus and Cesaro and <laughs> every other fucking person on the roster. You know, they didn't have to have a match where they burnt someone alive in the middle of the fucking ring. They
2: just... I mean, there have been no murders on this week's episode of the World of Wrestling podcast, which yeah. is delightful. Unlike WWE, who I think it's three or four murders this year.
0: No, they didn't debut some fucking YouTube star in a random fucking tag match where everyone knew it was going to be her. You know what I mean? Booking wrestling is not fucking difficult. (laughs) Why can't other people get it right? (laughs) Especially the biggest company in the fucking world, man. Like, watch this shit. It's great. There's stuff all the way through the night of this show, which is really entertaining. And the crowd are not playing along, right? And they're working against the crowd pretty much the whole way through the show. But this ending is so good. It's so convincing. That... you can't help but become invested in it.
2: As I said it's it's a flawless end to what was actually start to finish a very enjoyable Nitro.
0: Yeah, one of the best for quite a few weeks, I would say.
2: So, this is what we had on Nitro. I've also noted down what was happening on Raw at the same time. So we're we're three weeks away from well, essentially now two weeks away from the business changing forever. Yeah, I didn't look at Raw this week. So what was on that show? So we had Intercontinental Champion Ahmed Johnson defeating... (laughs) Whoa, wow. Hold
0: on a second. I forgot about that run. (laughs) Ahmed Johnson is IC champ. (laughs) Yeah. Beating
2: a Triple H uh, with a Pearl River Prunge in a non-title match. Of Um, course. After that match, Doc Hendricks interviewed uh, Ahmed Johnson about being the first African-American champion in WWF history, IC champion WWF history. We had Skip and Zip with Cloudy, defeating the Brooklyn Brawler and Jerry Fox. Sonny was on guest commentary for that one. That's a bit of eye candy,
0: but you know, yeah.
2: Yep, with Skip.
0: Yeah. I was thinking Zip, but you know, it's what it is.
2: (laughs) Vader, Owen Hart, and Davey Boy Smith with Jim Cornette and Diana Smith defeated Aldo Montoya, Savio Vega, and Barry Horowitz.
0: Yeesh, started good, got worse, they went along.
2: Yep, and uh, even though Cornette was at ringside, he went out and did commentary. And the main event was Undertaker beating Steve Austin by disqualification when Goldust came out uh, and Marlena was doing guest commentary. The commentary team for that show was Vince and Jerry Lawler. Here's so thing- we had the outsiders and people <clears throat> trying to shoot people going against Goldust interfering in the main event.
0: Yeah, here's the thing. like, There's, there's people I like on that show there's no Barry Horowitz (laughs) but there's there's not the moments I probably would have uh, watched most of WCW especially the opening segments and stuff and then the second Disco Inferno hit my screens I'm changing channel so I'm catching what the middle of those tag matches and stuff but
2: remember because this is yeah because this is when Raw was still only one hour fair
0: point just in principle you know what I mean for comparing match for match or yeah talent for talent as such. Like, I might have been tempted by... Was it Taker and Austin, do you say?
2: Taker-Austin in the main at the end of hour one.
0: Yeah, so, tempting.
2: Yeah, so that that would have been the end of hour one, which would have been Barbar and Eddie.
0: With the crowd... The way the crowd was shitting on that match, I probably would have turned to Austin-Taker. Um, Taker. But I would have tuned in WCW for that main event. Because you know something's going to happen.
2: Cause it's exactly, got you've the got the whole unopposed second hour. Yep. Un- unless unless this was they counter-programmed with Austin and Undertaker to go against the, the triangle tag with then the outsiders appearing. Because obviously mm. I don't know if Nitro started an hour earlier than Raw. And the, yeah, I think it was an hour earlier. Because Raw then know. went on an hour earlier when it went to two. Anyway, either way. But that's what they were going up against. And this is why the ratings started to change. Mm. Because we're in the run now, I think, we're or we're getting close to the run where we start getting our 83 weeks. Have you got what Raw did numbers-wise to hand? I don't. I couldn't find it to Kay. hand.
0: Um. Oh, I deleted it because I've tried not to worry too much about the ratings and such. But yeah, WCW are definitely starting to beat them, and they definitely beat them after Bash at some point, I seem to remember. And we're only two weeks away now. This is episode number eight, right?
2: Yes, yes, yes.
0: 8 of 10, so we've got one more Nitro, and then it's Bash at the Beach. so we've got a go-home show to cover next week, and then we're in.
2: We are there, and we are good to go. So I've got the raw rating for that show, so on the 24th of July 1996,
0: they drew a 2.7. Wow, because I'm pretty sure, I'm just double-checking now, that this Nitro did a 3.3.
2: Yeah, so I think we're in the 83 weeks. And the week after this, it drops each week. Is it really? Yeah, so Raw does a 2.6, then a cool.
0: 2.5. So um, two things quickly, just to run over with this show, um, before we do our little ratings and stuff. Uh, there was a dark match after this main event, which obviously we don't get to see, which was Ric Flair defeating Randy Savage so they did eventually give this crowd flair. I think they might have had the fucking building burned down if they didn't. But it does seem odd they didn't put flair on this show at all. We only got the backstage vignette. Seems an odd one considering you're in North Carolina. And I believe this is probably the beginning of Ric Flair getting fucked off with WCW, to be totally fair.
2: It's very strange he wasn't there. Yep. I also wonder, though, it's because now they're really, really focused on this NWO storyline, what is there for Flair to do?
0: Yeah, you do feel a bit like he's getting pushed out, and they are so immensely over right now. You'd assume the thing to do is you've got awesome heel team with the NWO forming a bash, massively over Horseman. I mean, the story tells itself, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, turn and face, go against the dungeon, get that out of the way, and then have Face Horseman go against NWO.
0: Yeah. Flair cheats to win, but is the anti-hero to get the belt off Giant. Flair Hogan, right? I mean, I know it doesn't really work, but you'd imagine that's where it's going, and I know that's not what they do. <laughs> they fucking they turn Giant to join the NWO, and you're like, what the fuck are you thinking? But, you know, it's... it's um, yeah... There seems to be a story here they don't ever do. And so, I
2: think Flair has a a point
0: here. I think he's in the right to be like, well, fuck you, Eric Bischoff, you know?
2: The thing with Flair and Hogan, I wonder if it's neither would put the other one over.
0: Yeah. Also, their styles just don't work. It's either you do a Flair match or a Hogan match. You can't do both. It doesn't work.
2: No, not at all. And
0: Hogan certainly ain't doing a fucking Flair match, you know? Woo! Mm. Anyway, um, so Cornflakes.
2: I enjoyed it. It's it's definitely the best Nitro that we've had throughout, but I think I'm worried if I'm rating this because it's better than the, the last two Nitros we've had. The main event finish was great, but when you think of the in-ring... The matches were fun, but there wasn't anything overly great there. So I'm going three today. If it was just the main event segment alone, you're looking five stars because it's brought you in. You watch what happens next week and you're going to buy the bash. But overall, start to finish, I'm going to go three stars, three cornflakes. It's
0: difficult because there is some funny Kevin Green shit on here. Thank God. Um, we got Lex doing his WWWCW <laughs> promo which made me laugh for like 10 minutes straight, I had to pause it for a little bit just to keep laughing, but they also announced that Disco Inferno <laughs> was going to be wrestling Dean Malenko which made me furious and there is some good shit on here, you know, but there's some also really terrible stuff on here I, th- I think 3 is reasonable, it's verging on a 2, it's very, very, cool. that title change at the end like that's not how you put someone over but the nwo stuff is so fucking good
2: none of it almost none of the other stuff matters they've built it brilliantly the slow build they've got they know there's essentially the invasion angle that they want the outsiders coming in to take over to be the key players in wcw they've already now built up this You know, we're good, we're bad. Mm. And I think maybe that might be a reason why we didn't have a clear heel-face dynamic tonight because they want to really start setting it up as WCW versus NWO. You know, we're fighting for a common goal. The bad guys will battle the bad guys. But when it comes to the NWO, we're all WCW and we want to get them out.
0: Yeah, I mean, king of retrospective here. There's one thing I would have done is I would have given this week Randy Savage versus Flair. Um, just because the crowd would be so into it. You can have Kevin Green being there as well and try and, like, force the fans to choose, almost. But really, what you should do is do Diamond Dallas Page versus Flair. Solid heel versus upcoming Face Flair. But if that's not the story they want to tell in the future, then, fair enough, they don't seem to have a fucking clue what they want to do. The point I'm getting to is they should have put Flair on this card and have him have a good match. Then it's like a three or a four, maybe, because you only need one good match to bring that rating up. Because, really... There's not a good wrestling match on this show. Like, Horseman Rock and Rolls destroyed by the crowd. Savage and IRS was a bit shit. Like, there's there's nothing really to write home about. That's why I'm thinking maybe two. But, yeah, whatever. It's
2: what it is. Cool. Well, we're now, what are we, two Nitros away? One Nitro. One more. One Nitro. One
0: more go-home show. Then it's Bash at the Beach, my friend.
2: Because this is the thing which I've enjoyed about this, because we've heard all the stuff about you know Sting, Luger, Third Man, all the rumours about Mabel. I'd never considered Booker until seeing this. And obviously, I know it's not happening, but I'll be really <gasps> interested to see if they do anything else dude! with Booker and dude 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 dude,
0: dude, 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 I, 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 fuck me! The timing on this.
2: Is Vince McMahon dead?
0: No, Kevin Green is. No, legitimately, I just clicked on Twitter accidentally, and it was like breaking: Kevin Green, Hall of Fame pass rusher, dies at 58. No, holy shit! The fucking memories he's given us over the last few weeks, man.
2: The worst thing is, mate, I'd written on a bit of paper, find way to contact Kevin Green because I was going to try and get him to record a Ford for the show. Oh, man. Oh, I'm totally
0: gutted. He was fucking excellent. We shat on him so hard at the beginning of this podcast. And he came good in all the best ways. He was fucking excellent,
2: man. Oh, that's such a shame.
0: Ah, Kevin Green, buddy. There's an awesome photo of here with him in between Macho and Hogan having his, ha- his hands raised. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome.
2: <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know... It's- yeah, that's an absolute cry and shame. Fuck. Poor old Kevin Green.
0: Well live and in person, well, after, you know. Literally. I was
2: gonna say. What I you know, considering that's you know, the the sadness we're in with tier four, we're supposed to bring some joy, but you know, genuinely, ladies and gents, as as Rich said, we warned to this guy yeah. during this podcast. I think for for an outsider coming into wrestling he did a fantastic job, and yeah, his promos are funny, and we make fun of him. But easily the best footballer to step in a wrestling ring out of all all the sports people, and I think only topped possibly by Malone in the ring from an outside sports talent to come into wrestling and do it. Sure, like part time.
0: God, I'm now going to have to put a thing when I post this saying, "Look, we literally Kevin Green died as we, well. we were until the announcement that he died." as we were doing the show. The bits from taking the piss out of him earlier <laughs> in the show, please take it, is we love this guy. like Because genuinely, he's been so fucking entertaining the whole way through, man.
2: Leading up to Bash at the Beach, him and Mongo were, were essentially, they were booking for a one-match show.
0: Yeah, They were sure. booking
2: for, for Flair and On versus Mongo and Kevin Green. Yep. And in fairness to Kevin Green, fair play to him, Flair did not fuck his wife. <laughs>
0: and he will forever be immortalized at the end of our podcast because you know what tax you gotta penetrate baby penetrate in the back
2: god bless you kevin green fuck man Right,
0: right let's leave it there dude so whatarestingpodcast.com is the best place to find all the links to the pod and stuff i will eventually update that
2: website uh yeah where's your socials bud at the Tex williams uh we're in tier four there'll be no professional wrestling i might occasionally post fun things that i saw on 90s wwf where they did the uh the lady falling through the glass and the glass shower into austin's entrance (laughs) theme today funny (laughs) stuff like that i enjoyed it immensely
0: i'm at fanboy rich uh watch my stuff on wrestle talk i've got a week off lucky me
2: Watch my and watch your face live on Wrestle Talk for the first time. Yeah,
0: check out the. I mean, most people listen to this show know my face, I think, but it's what it is. Um, yeah, WorldWrestlingPodcast dot com is the best place to find all that stuff. Uh, well, I'm a bit sad now. Oh, Kevin Green, what a dude! He was awesome. I have a photo of him on my desktop from a thumbnail we use and I look at it
2: quite regularly because it makes me laugh. He's really funny. <laughs> You've just got to penetrate, my friend. You have just got to penetrate. The louder you guys are, the better the wrestlers will perform for you tonight.
1: And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. We're tough. We can take it, baby. You got to penetrate in the back, in the back, baby. Oh, I can see what you're talking. Wait just a minute. match, Sting and Lex Luger to take on the Steiner brothers.
2: Before we do that, coach, take a look at Steve McMichael and Kevin Green.
1: The weight training is going fine, but the ring may have thrown two of pro football's best, a curveball. The ropes are strong steel cords. The playing field is only a 16 by 16 foot square. The mat is hard as concrete. They have looked closer than ever at the mat strategy. We're tough. We can take it, baby. They've come up with a plan. Mongo, baby, I got the game plan. Check this out. Store me, baby, store me. All right, I'm here. I'm on the apron, Okay, I'm watching you and protecting your back. This is you, baby. You gotta come hard and low with a cross-body block here. Then you gotta get in a four-point stance. A little football. That's it. Four-point stance, like you're in goal line. You gotta penetrate on their side of the football, and you gotta make the play in the back, in the back of the line of scrimmage, right there, tackle for loss, baby. Oh, I can see what you're talking. Wait just a minute. Let me, get, get over in the chair. Wait a minute. You're talking football, baby. Yeah, that's right. I know you wanna get in that ring and just rip their head exactly, off. Exactly, exactly. I, I don't know about that, baby. They can counter every move. These boys have been in the business a long time. Now here's us, I'm gonna put us as the X's and I'm gonna put them up as the O's because yep. they're zero. Definitely zero. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, baby. The first thing we gotta do is watch out for their signature holes. Yeah. You know the nature boy in that figure four. Yeah. He starts picking that leg up. Yeah. Do everything you can to get I've out of there. I've seen that, I've seen that. Art Anderson, he's got that DDT, DDT, baby. He'll try to drive your head through the mat. Yeah. You gotta stay out of that. That stuff really doesn't matter when you come across and you start racking and sacking and you're planning for a tackle for a loss, baby. I it know, don't the, We're wrestling now, baby. And another thing about wrestling and tag teams, you don't want to get your little ex all the way over here in their corner because them zeros will take care of but you. But you gotta penetrate. You, man. Got, you gotta penetrate the line of scrimmage on their side of the football. You gotta keep. You gotta keep everything on your side of the mat. Wait a second, I man. Can, I can see we're gonna be at odds here. Man, we're butting heads, man. I know. What do we? We, we gotta, gotta get together. We. What? What can bring us together, baby? We man? gotta find somebody to coach us, to, to manage okay. us. A manager would be great. That's it. A coach. What? Are you, are you thinking what I'm thinking? The macho, yeah! Slip oh yeah, Coach! Sad. Macho! Yeah, see him sad? We gotta get- I know he's I know they banned him from wrestling, but I wonder if he can still manage it. Got him. the phone number, baby? We gotta get it. We gotta find it. Call him, Come let's on, go. let's go. Okay. Oh, let me see you coach your way out of that one. Coach! We're tough. We can take it, baby. You gotta penetrate in the back in the back, baby. Oh, I can see what you're talking. Wait just a minute.